Did you did you get a new guitar at some did I read that you got a new guitar at some point like in the recent time? I haven't gotten a new guitar, no. That was, uh, that was a dream. Alright, okay. Yeah, that was a dream. It's a dream that we're cool. both having, but it was a dream. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. Uh anyway. Uh shit. Uh, welcome to <laughs> Hello, welcome to uh this week's episode of You Can't Be Serious. Uh I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. I'm Mitch Potempa. And I'm Matt Tory. Everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I forget how we usually kind of do that part, but it doesn't matter. Um, gang's all here. We're all here. Yeah, the gang's all here. It's the usual bunch here on Friday, um, and we're we're going to talk this week about movies, not specifically films in of themselves, but kind of, I guess, how we approach them. Um, as has been mentioned on this podcast, seemingly a lot recently. Um, I have, I, I hosted another podcast that talks, that's like a movies review podcast. Shout out to juicing the big screen, doing Oscars shit right now. Check that shit out. Um, one of the points of discussion between my co-host and I, when we talk about films a lot is just what, what is something that we enjoy or detracts joy from a film as we're watching it? You know, what are you looking for? How do you absorb? Um, what you're seeing on screen and what particularly resonates with you. And I, I, I think there's something to be said of that. Um, for example, uh, because I was asked about why this came up uh, before we started recording, um, Corwin and I, that's Corwin's my co-host, uh, recently watched Tenet on the, on, uh, for the podcast. Have, uh, have either of you guys seen it yet? No. No. No, I haven't. All right, so I'm not going to spoil like the plot. Um, as best as I can. No, I won't. Um, I could though. It's a dumb movie. I didn't like it. Uh, but we vehemently disagreed. Honestly, I think it was a really good conversation, even this though the, we got pretty is, worked up with each other about it. This is the John David Washington, uh, James Bond on acid thing, right? Yeah, Robert Pattinson, Chris sure. Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. because I found that this film, while everything might have made sense was Mm -hmm. getting in its way in terms of complexity and had hit a certain point where it's like, yeah, I get that. I'm sure this all tracks if we were to break it down, but that that shouldn't be a movie. Um, There's no joy in watching someone figure something out with, there's no poetry involved in it. If I have to absorb this as more of, an equation than I do a painting. It's not, that's not a movie to me that that's math. That's just not, that's just not art in the way that I want to experience it. And Corwin enjoyed that aspect of it that I hated. So I figured we could wrap that. Yeah. I got, I got some questions. interpretation of Yeah. I I just want to clarify some things before we get into it. When you say like it, so you mentioned, I have, I have something to go. So you mentioned the word joy quite a bit right so when you say joy could you define what you mean by that word so you said like what like i get joy from a film that does certain things uh, in this particular movie you said that it was it there was you had to figure something out like it wasn't like laid out in front of you enough you had to like read too much into it no it's it not was? about it's not about that because i don't mind interpretation either i think and again, it, it's tough if you guys haven't seen this movie because I'm not usually anti-complex movies. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because I like that, complicated. Yeah, that's what that's speaking. what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to, to clarify here. Because you said it was like too complicated. Well, no, no, no it's not good or right. I I I think there's got to be a point at which narrative wins the day, where your storytelling comes through beyond just the individual plot points all being hit. And in Tenet's case, it is an exceedingly complicated movie. So in order to hit all the plot points correctly, there's a lot of moving about and banding about in terms of how the story is structured to make it make sense. But just because it makes sense doesn't mean it was told in a fashion that's going to resonate. I I think it loses the the arc. Can you tell me what the, what the plot of the movie is? Like what's, what are the, what's the, the main premise of the movie? All right. So the plot of the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, no, no, no. The the plot of the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it is uh, time travel exists. It can be achieved through radiation. A bad guy has um, the ability to destroy the past, and uh, John David Washington and company have to go stop him from doing that. Um, That's the movie. Okay. 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 And Uh, is it that time travel aspect of the story? Is is that what makes it complicated? Complexity line? Is that. Well, no. For, all right. So for for this film in particular, yeah. it's the fact for me that they tried to ground it in a real thing. It they they feed off of this concept of entropy, which, like you know, we don't have to fully get. Um, I understand the loose concept of what entropy is as it pertains to this film, um, based on some cursory googling, um, but. You know, it. It. I'm not going to fully get it because I'm not a, a a physicist or a. I don't know whatever science deals directly with entropy. Um, and you said because like some of the details were too hidden inside the science behind. It. No, the problem with it is that because they tried to ground this in something that's real, an actual theoretical concept, you have constrained yourself to what that actually entails and. Because it's such a wild concept, like entropy is, as it pertains to how matter experiences time, you have drastically confined, okay. confound, confined how in-depth you can get to explain to your audience how this works, and you've therefore cut them out a little bit on how to experience what you're going through. When you watch I, Groundhog I Day, they don't explain the time travel shit fucking at all. And you know what? They didn't need to. If you watch Palm Springs, which is the 2020 version of Groundhog Day that came out on Hulu this year, um, their explanation of the time travel is, here's a cave. That's all we got. And you know what? That's all you need. If if, if you get into Back to the Future, they give you an explanation of time travel. Does it make any scientific sense? No. Does it need to? No. The fact is that it's there. And Mm -hmm. whatever their introduction to that is... And again, this goes for other stories as well. I think it's showcased in this, and it's a recent thing, Tenant. So I figured I might as well use this as the example. Um, whatever that entry point is doesn't matter, but it's going to be your guide point for how accessible the rest of this movie is to you and your ability to connect to it. You know, if if I'm starting off at a point where the scientist who gives the exposition on how time travel works literally utters the line, uh, "Don't try to don't try to understand it." I'm never going to so, get it. And then what's yeah. the point? So then I wonder, so I, I got a couple of things here. If, if you don't mind, Mitch, 
uh, one, it seems like so. The first thing I thought of when you said time travel was was um movie primer, right? And and you're you've seen Love this movie, primer. Josh. You're a big fan of this. Mitch, I've shown it to primer. primer now. So I mean, and it, so primer, I think, is a it, from its its fans is a famously like hard movie to follow like it's it's a comp complex movie to follow as a as a as a viewer um but then i started thinking about like their explanation of time travel right and their explanation the explanation is pretty simple like it it how it works is laid out in a pretty straightforward ish manner you don't have to understand. They, they draw the, the it in details. pencil on in the movie, like it. You know, yeah. they, they they dumb it down for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah and okay. so that you're able to follow along and just kind of accept. Hey, this is how it works. I understand the, and then we can go from there. And then the rest of it is what's complicated. So, are you saying then that that you think maybe this movie, for you, broke down because it got it got too stuck in the detail. It got too stuck in the weeds. Like I think it's a it's a big thing with like. Uh, like science fiction movies now, right? Is like to try to get, try to make it as like accurate as possible. You think movies like, uh, uh, like Gravity, right, or like Interstellar, right, where they 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 try they aim to like you know how, oh this is super realistic you know depiction of like what space travel is like and whatever, and they try to root it as much as they can in science and like in reality. Do you think that you I, know maybe this like it's this was a they hyper focused on the goal of well, we got to make this seem real. Yes, and yes. that's where they lost. No, 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 no. Okay, well, because that was because my kind of point was was hinting towards that too, and it was that the way I took your feedback was that the movie from never seeing it. So I really don't know if this is what it was trying to do. But at one point, Josh, you said the narrative has to win because in the end, we're watching a movie for a story to be told. And if that story is not being enhanced by it being more real, quote unquote, yeah, then what's yeah, the yeah. point of putting it in there? Exactly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like if if right. I'm going to make this time travel movie and you know what? It's going to be such a realistic time travel that it's it's like it's how time travel really could be. Does that make it a better story necessarily? Like Right. And I and that's exactly what I was getting at in my conversation with Corwin is that just because yeah. You have chosen to ground this in what I guess we can concede and call perhaps the most realistic version of time travel doesn't make the movie better. And in this instance, it made it worse. And I said no to you, Matt, because it's not about necessarily the realism versus non-realism. It's to what lengths are we going in terms of like cutting time out of the movie to ground it in that way. So the way... And again, it's so tough if you haven't actually seen this movie because it's unlike any other time travel movie you're going to watch, which is to its credit for sure, is that in order for objects to go back in time, they must physically go in reverse. And so you spend a good chunk of this movie watching certain events unfold in reverse. And while that works to some extent as interesting concept as, you know, mm -hmm. The, yeah, it's the feeling concept. of the movie and yeah 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 it it is a drag to watch at some points because this movie ends up being two and a half hours long and for how, a plot and how that long is, is so it is going yeah how long is it going backwards of that two and a half hours um the last hour i think oh that's brutal 
and and the problem with it is is that it is a very straightforward story. Mm-hmm. It did, well, yeah, so, and so you let you're left with so much stuff that is just in there to fit the concept and to not yeah. fit the narrative that yeah. it, it it's like an hour's worth of necessary fluff but only mm. necessary because we chose to make this after a real concept not yeah. after not just make some bullshit up because at the end of the day it doesn't matter yeah we're solving problems that we've created for ourselves kind of thing right, right. um yeah, and so like oh, that's kind of, like so what i meant before and maybe i didn't word it right maybe i didn't but like was just that th- the idea of the pursuit of that idea of how do we make this realistic right taken too far right the idea of like we need to ground this in science taken too far rather than the idea of we need to make this story come to life you know what i mean i i think it's i think it's a delicate balance between because i i i still am going to lightly disagree with it but only because i think this is a really fine line that i'm trying to paint here because my right, problem yeah. isn't even with grounding things in realism. I tend mm-hmm. to like more when a film feels like it's trying to speak to a situation as realistically as it could. You know, I want, I, but, and, I don't need yes. the dolled up version of it. But and, I yeah. think that stroking your own ego too hard and trying to conform a reality to what you want it to be instead of what it is, is where you might end up losing me along the way. If I can't find myself there. So f- I think the, the point where I like it's it's an interesting line to draw, Josh, because there is a value to basing movies in reality. Now, Tori, the other day we were talking about you introducing one of our friends, Melissa, to the movie Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And the realism in that movie, to me, is something that makes it a movie that has stuck in my mind for, for many, many years. It's interesting you brought that up. So that's actually a really good example of a movie that like we think of as being super realistic mm-hmm. that like if you were to like actually look, sit down and like analyze, you know, go like frame by frame and look at what like is historically accurate, what is not like a bunch of it is not no. super historically like the idea of like people taking helmets off in battles and people being like bunched up like for the sake of telling the story, they had to do that, right? So you could tell who people are, not just a mass of helmets, like sure. right. Um, but like all of those things, right, are are done in a way, you know, like th- that's an example of where they 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 took they started with kind of had the facts, kind of how history is, how kind of how the events unfold, and then deliberately chose to, you know, make choices that were not historically accurate in order to tell the story. You have to make some sacrifices to the narrative, but that's why that in order movie, to serve the narrative, yeah, yeah in yeah. order to serve the narrative, yeah, and that's yeah. why I think that movie might. It, and I, again, I've never seen Tenet, but it's is Saving Private Ryan, Josh, an example where that balance between taking what's true and happened and what's important to the narrative, where mm-hmm. the balance strikes a better chord. I would say so because I think so. My, my one of my one of my big things with movies is. Establish whatever world you want to establish. I'll mm. stretch my ability to believe you f- to whatever extent I need to, and then make what happens in that world realistic. If we're existing in a world of zombies, all right, cool. I'll I'll buy into it. I, 
you know, sure. yeah, depending, yeah, yeah, on, okay. on, depending on, you know, what setup you give me to that, but like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll buy into it. What happens yeah. after that then needs to make sense in a world in which there's zombies. If there's fucking unicorns, I don't give a shit. Tell me yeah, there's no, unicorns I, and then, but, then have everyone act appropriately. Sure, so if we're yeah, in yeah. Saving Private Ryan, where, you know, apparently that's actually a, a real event. Apparently, you know, this dude with like three brothers, all their brothers got killed. And then the army went to go find him to send him home. I still can't believe that part's actually true, but it is. And then the, I think the adventure is all fake. Um, but while there's like small moments in there where you go like, ah, all right, that's, that's dumb. Like the, uh, sniper bullet going through the, um, uh, yeah, through a scope and, and through the yeah, scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That wouldn't yeah. happen. But like no. you, you, you buy everything else though. You buy the actions, you buy the dialogue, you, you, you buy everyone's motives and what goes on given this set of circumstances that were being presented. And you can, you can kind of go like, all right, all right, minutes. I accept this. What about the first 12 minutes? I'll even just shorten it down. Not even the rest oh, well, of that's, it. That, that, like, that's just, straight that, up real. That, mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like that, those first 12 minutes, like I get there was people like bunched up. And, and Oh, and so, and so like, it's, so if you want to talk about that specific scene, then yeah. So that's an example of where like they didn't to, they could have made that look prettier, right? They could have, they could have like had, as you focus on like Tom Hanks, right? Have Tom Hanks like running up the middle of the beach, right? Like like dodging enemy machine gun fire, but that wouldn't have been. Right? I mean, that would have been could have made for a good shot, right? It could a good movie, right? But that would have been not realistic. It wouldn't be right? serving the narrative. No, well, it depends. Well, it, that... it, it would have been a different. It would have set a different tone for the movie so like they wanted to set the tone of like a war is hell right they wanted to that was the kind of the the point of or kind of one of the themes of the movie was like hey war is hell and so in order to serve that idea of war is hell rather than have that like oh tom hanks running up the middle of the beach like fucking kicking nazis in the face like you got guys you know laying on the beach you know with their guts hanging out and people, you know, crying for their mothers and like people getting blown to bits and like shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. And so like, but all with the, in, the purpose of it, what they would, they didn't sit out and go like, you know what we got to do? We are going to make just the most realistic war scene ever because we can. They did it because we want to show the horrors of war. Which then sets the table for the story to be told, which is maybe why, despite there being sniper fire through the enemy lens, mm -hmm. um, we, we buy into it because it's already set the table of this is yeah yeah yeah, this yeah. Is part of sure. this reality yeah 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 you're yeah. I mean it yeah but to, but so I guess Josh, what you're saying then maybe it sounds like that the they didn't they didn't do they didn't do, do a good enough job of of getting you like adjusted to the to the the world of tenant like like you know or whatever that scientific explanation that you feel as if it's necessary to understand to get into yeah the the points of the story like i guess like you know when you like watch lord of the rings right you like buy into the idea like oh there's magics there's hobbits there's elves cool because well, they set them up yeah they, they set them all up and like you don't like, like question like well why are they out like it's just kind of like cool they're there this is what they do you just Great. go to the shire and everyone like you're saying josh acts accordingly and so like if the whole time through lord of the rings you were like 
yeah but like well hold on like i i don't understand this magic shit or like what is this uh, like it would it would really take a lot away from the movie right right you can i mean right you 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 can't constantly especially with fantasy movies question certain aspects of it because a lot of it's going to get explained by for that's fucking magic or like yeah um, yeah that it's fucking ogres man that's what ogres do um yeah so that's kind of of like that just works like that's that's the rules are a lot looser in fantasy so you just buy into the idea that like these things exist or this is how they work then our story is going to operate within the parameters of this new that we just created Right. You no, know, and like and like you and you don't have to like think about like, oh well, what are ogres? Like you just know like oh they're here, like this is what they are, like the story sets them all up. So like they just did a bad job of that. Well, and so first <laughs> off, yes, they did a terrible job of it. Again, the scientist says, Don't try to understand it, at which at which point you had to go, Why the fuck are you in the goddamn movie then? Um, but again, it it's also the idea of you ever watch a movie and they hit a plot point to hit a plot point and you go, oh, okay. Have you ever watched a movie and it's like there's a reveal and you just didn't give a shit? Or there's a there's a, a moment that's supposed to be like a, like a Lifetime movie. You ever watched a Lifetime movie and you go like, all right, I understand what's supposed to be happening. What I'm supposed to be feeling in a better made movie. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, we're he like, came I, home at the end. That, that's you, a happy were, moment. I can recognize you, that. Where you go, oh, I understand the intention of like of the movie, but like I'm not. It, it didn't quite. They're hit not the hitting mark. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get how they were trying to hit me, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's Tenet in a different way, huh. because again, it hits the plot points that it's going to hit the ones that it's going for, it moves through the plot exactly mm-hmm. as it intends to. There's no failings so, in so any talking- of that way, but it's, it's not, there's nothing. It's, it's like, at some point you go, you got to say to yourself while you watch the movie, why do I care? Why so the is fuck it, do I care? It, well, so is it's not, it's not a confusing movie then. Oh, it's is definitely it confusing, confusing. And that's not what I hold against it. Okay. Okay. And again, it's, it's tough to describe if, if without having watched this, because the problem with it is, I like confusing movies. I like figuring them out. They're fun little puzzles. If they are also well made. If you're asked to sit there and think about shit and think about... Like Inception, some people have problems with... um, I'll leave that to the side. Even if you don't fully get what's happening, there's moments of emotional resonance that are there for you to ground you in some feeling that you can bring back to yourself. The idea that the Leonardo DiCaprio character... Uh, has been excommunicated from his kids for some reason or another um, and often has visions of them and wants to Mm -hmm. get back to them. That Mm -hmm. is a human idea outside of the science fiction aspects that that the movie's bringing into you that you can always ground yourself in and treat as the motivation and and drive for where this film is going and find yourself in what Cobb is doing. That is absolutely fucking absent from Tenet. Those plot points they hit like those those it hits they hit those beats right where like you right you, and those you, big moments yeah. where where Leo DiCaprio is putting himself on the line or you know yeah. like, whether they complete the task they have the, the weight of that yeah. ideal behind them. Yeah, this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. does fucking doesn't have any of it, and mm. the reason you, you, Corwin you liked it is because it's still right right all the characters were fucking like there to serve the purpose of the plot. 
And Corwin so, liked this movie because it hit the plot points and it did so in a very precise way. And it was very precisely written to make sense. And he appreciated that. So I, then I couldn't stand it. So I, well, so, so I mean, this isn't, this is going to sound like an attack on Corwin, but like, I mean, is Corwin as well versed in films as you are? I mean, you watch a lot of movies, right? And I mean, you're, I don't know if I want to call you a film snob, but like, you're kind of a film snob. Oh yeah, Cor Corbin's a, a very, very I, like, well versed guy with with movies as well. Okay, I'm saying equally as okay. Well, just saying it's a difference of taste. What I was gonna say is, there's one like I. Do you think maybe you know was the movie? Was you were you just not part of the intended audience? Was this just not made for you? Was it made for? As, as, like, as uh, a, well, I, you know, and not even just that, I just meant like for, I guess what, was the, oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess, who do you think the intended like market was? And like, do you Everybody. think that like, so, so they were trying to just like get as many people to like this movie as possible. They, they were trying to make the, us a blockbuster. Well, the, the idea of this movie and first no. off, I would like to say that I am a Christopher Nolan fan. I have liked everything he's done. This is the first movie of his I've ever disliked. Um, mm -hmm. And so first off, it's already going to me. This is already a me movie. Uh, and secondly, this was Christopher Nolan's attempt at making a James Bond movie. And mm -hmm. so it is supposed to have the James Bond appeal of it, in mm -hmm. which everyone likes James Bond. Everyone pays attention when the new James Bond comes out. Whether or not everyone likes it or everyone's an action movie person, everyone is aware when the next James Bond movie comes out. And that's James who Bond's this movie cool. was for. Yeah. So I guess, so was this movie cool? Like, does, yes. that, first, does, that, does that make sense? Like, is Yes. It, I, and, and if yeah, you yeah. guys watch it, and again, I would love for both of you guys to watch it, you yeah, will yeah, yeah. absolutely recognize that the... Um, Editing and the visual effects department crushed their job. Like okay. they did a they did a phenomenal job. Um, this okay. seeing like a lot of the reverse scenes, they look mm. amazing. It's a cool looking movie. Okay. So okay. So then so did you go in expecting just to see a cool looking movie that had an S story, or were you looking for more of a story when you started watching it, Josh? I always look for story. I, I care way more because okay. I and think that's kind of the heart of the discussion. Well, yeah, so then I wonder yeah. exactly. Yeah. So then I wonder then I think, I think part of this is that this movie was just not made with you in mind. Oh no, I fervently disagree. Really? So yeah, you, you think it just missed the mark in trying to get somebody that's in. So do you think they tried to develop a little bit more care about the, the characters? Oh, they so very much so did. Um, oh my god. They they tried so hard to get you to give so, a shit about these people so, and it all fell flat. Yeah, so um so I I'm I would attribute that probably to the actors then. Where I mean like where where do where, no, where did it fall? It's the writing. It the, the writing for the these, writing? The writing for these characters is god awful. I will also admit that I oh, oh uh, that's what I'm shit saying on that, Kenneth Branagh and his acting in this. I think it's terrible. I, um, what I mean is that the, the the they try to get you to care. Like the the actors are trying to work with bad writing. Yeah. So like so like Robert Pattinson or, or, does, does yeah. a great job in this movie. He is yeah. such a cool best friend style character, 
And okay. they're okay. so often mentioned between Robert Pattinson and, and uh, uh, whatever his fucking... Oh, uh, David Washington? John David Washington. About how John, great of, he, he's the lead, right? John David. Yeah, he's the lead. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. About how great of friends they are or going or are going to be at some point in nonlinear mm-hmm. time. Um, and then you never see any of it on camera, and their on screen relationship is stoic and rigid and awkward. Um, mm-hmm. But they keep talking about how great of friends they're going to be. And mm-hmm. it's just weird. Gotcha. Okay. It just doesn't okay. land. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm sorry that that movie kind of disappointed you there. I, I, so I really want to. Yeah. Cause I thought I heard good things about it. I, it's up I, for an award, isn't it? So, uh, peek behind the, the curtain and an explanation of the Oscars process. The Oscars got pushed back this year and they're usually in February. I think this year they're going to be in like April. Uh, Corwin and I, because we only do two movies a week, are just trying to stay ahead of things. So we're doing this pretty early. There have been no official nominations thus far, but since we're at a point in the, Oscars cycle that a lot of writing usually gets done about um, what is likely to be nominated for what. We already have some loose ideas of what's going to go where. So uh, Tenet, we're projecting it to get nominated for um, either best editing or best cinematography. Um, visual. Yeah, something visual. Visual effects as well. We we, yeah. we stayed away from a lot of the, the more niche ones since Corey and I have nothing to say about like audio mixing. Um, at least at sure, a technical sure, level. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. So it is. It is. It is likely to get nominated for some Oscars, but probably nothing. Um, probably nothing. Of the, of the, best okay. picture. Best no, screenplay. No, best. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No major five. For for yeah, sure. Okay. Which ones are them in the major five discussion this year? Um. Nomadland. Nomadland. Okay. I know is getting a lot of love right now. It's supposed to be uh, debuting. Officially, it's the one soon. Miami with the with the oh, yeah, one the night Miami, one night uh, Miami, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, uh, Minari, Trial of the Chicago Seven, Promising Young Woman. Have you um, watched any of these yet? Because the last time we talked, none of us have watched any of them. Of of the ones, Corwin and I have like eighteen on our list, of which I have seen five. I am watching The Sound of Metal this weekend, which should be. Uh, Acting heavy nominee. The Sound of Metal. Yeah, that one's on Amazon Prime already. So if you guys have Amazon Prime, it should be streaming there. Okay, yeah, I'll go to check it out. All right. So, See, so I have a feeling that I'm gonna like this movie. That I'm gonna like Tenant. I have a very low bar for what. Like, if it looks cool, like yeah, you got me. Uh, it's a great movie. Like I like I'm not a but but all right, no no so you know, I so hold on I want to I want to ask yeah. you about that will that ideal that this looks cool hold up for you for two and a half hours so th- that's the that so because that, that's a big problem like a, so that does sound like a long movie but like I Josh I, I again I I have in myself lack of faith in myself lack of like i'm not sure i'm not sure what it is but like i i don't like i i'm easily entertained when it comes to film so like i kind of see it going either way like i'm i'm gonna have to watch i want to watch it as like a, an experiment with myself to see to see to see like what i think of the movie you know what i mean because like i i've heard really good things about it right and like 
from people John. you trust or just from people? No, no, just, no, 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 no. I've just heard good thing. I heard leading up to it. I heard it was a visually like, uh, uh, striking movie. Right. And so it got me interested. That's all. I, that's all I meant by that. Um, I like the actors in the movie, right? You're telling me it looks cool. So it checks a lot of my boxes, right? Now, now there are some like, you know, hey, well, Josh is telling me the writing kind of sucks and like it's it's not the, it just kind of, you know, it's not that great of a movie, but like I it checks a lot of my boxes, man. I <laughs> like I like, understand. So like, so like so what so like what did you think of the movie Avatar? Oh, I fucking hate Avatar. So I I totally understand why people hate it, and I get that like there was way too much hype about it, and it's not the greatest movie ever. But like I fucking love that movie. It's it's fucking great. It looks so. When's good. The last, when's the last time you watched Avatar? Uh came out in two thousand nine. Probably sometime in the last year. Um, like it's definitely been on at like on the TV, and I've just watched it. Oh, okay. Wow. Like, like, so, like, I, like, I, I get that I'm in the minority about it, and I get that this is kind of an extreme example. Like, but, like, that's why I, like, I, I don't mind that movie. Like, I, I get that all. I, like, I there's no memorable. There's no memorable characters really. Like, that you're not saying it's a great movie. No, you're not saying it's the best movie. But ever, like, but I will sit down and watch it and be like, wow, this all looks pretty fucking cool. Like, I don't know. It does look. It, it does look cool. At the very, very least. You know, people enjoy, you know, because there is a certain craft to that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, like, I, I almost equated to like, uh, or like the fuck, like, dude, the fucking Transformers movies. My dude, I'm a big Michael Bay movie guy, which I know, that's where I draw, which I know is, is not, uh, probably a popular opinion on this podcast. Um, (laughs) well, define, define big Michael Bay fan. Like, give me some of the hits for you. Uh, bad boys, bad boys two. Uh, I think there's a bad boys three. I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, I don't know. It's just the idea of like explosions and tits, man. Like that's, that's, I'm like very easily entertained when it comes to movies. You know, do you like, understand I, it's popcorn as you're watching it? You're like, oh, this movie is just, you know, it's not very deep. I'm just going to have it on to have it on. Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not delusional. I'm not sitting there watching fucking Bad Boys 2 going like, oh my God, this is going to win. This is a best picture fucking, you know, it got snubbed, man. This should have <laughs> been, this should be in the library of Con. Like, no, I, I get it, you know, but like, I, that, I, I get why, uh, why people wouldn't be entertained by that right. but i am you know, it's like pop, to me it's like pop music i think of like like i oh, hey man i totally get why you wouldn't want to like you know but this is but where, like but this is where tenant might have an issue though mm-hmm. so like or let's take like the pop or like a pop music or no we'll, we'll stick with tenant so was tenant trying to be that serious movie that you had to read into the plot to really get what's going on but in reality, yeah. if it just stuck to it, what it really is and just a popcorn movie, it may have performed a little bit better. Maybe that that's why it's a little bit oh, off. Ab- absolutely would have. And I think that that's where... You're telling me Michael Bay should have directed. No, <laughs> I'm telling you to, I'm telling you to like better movies. Because um, the problem with it, like Matt, is that, movies, is that yeah. Avatar is a bad movie 
that is written solely to be a vehicle for James Cameron's visual effects. The plot hmm. of that movie is the oh, oh, 100%. Uh, most yeah. simple oh, 100%. plot you can ever yeah. ask. It's not an interesting plot. It is there only to be a long movie to give James Cameron lots of room to use visual effects. Tenet right. is trying to be something. And while I mm -hmm. describe the plot pretty simplistically, and that is the plot of the movie, that is not as simplistically as it is presented. It is not easy to sit down and watch and go, hey, look at that shit. That's cool. Like you would get out of a Michael Bay movie. Are we going to... Hold on. Let me just stop you right there. Are you going to tell me that you are not a fan of The Rock? I'm not a fan of The Rock. Dude. Ah. Oh. But, like, what do you mean not a fan of it? Like, you wouldn't even just keep it on? No. Oh, dude, I would actively seek that movie out. <laughs> I would, I would, dude, I would pay money. I would. I, do, I would rent that movie legally from a streaming service to watch it. <laughs> That's a pretty good movie. I would pay the dollars. Yeah. What about Armageddon? You, you don't like Armageddon? You're a deep impact guy? Dude, Armageddon's so stupid. They train they train <laughs> demolition yeah. people to go to space. You know that, yeah, you know that Bruce Willis got told yeah. to go fuck himself by Michael Bay during that movie? Because because Bruce Willis was like, hey, why don't they just train the astronauts to do this? And Michael Bay said, fuck you. Because I mean, that's how dumb the movie was. It's a, such a dumb movie, man. Fucking, you got Bruce Willis. Uh, who's uh, Ben Affleck? Uh, oh, but uh, uh, I don't know. You're not gonna get it. From uh, me. uh, Mr. Pink. Uh, it, uh Steve Buscemi. Fucking, yes, Steve Buscemi's in Armageddon. Yeah. Um, they duct tape him to the chair because he's shooting the machine don't guns forget, off in the. Oh, don't forget that movie. That Steven Tyler's daughter is also in Armageddon. Which is why there's a lot of Aerosmith. Yes, yes. Uh, Liv uh, Tyler. Yeah, Liv Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I never put that together. Uh, uh, what, uh, don't want to miss a thing, right? That's like the song. That, yeah, like, it's like a, the big makeout number. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, the movie sucks. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, it's such a great movie. Uh, great movie? Why, why is it a great movie, Matt? Uh, I don't know. It's just I like I'm just taking the opposite stance of like it's really not. It's a it's it's a pretty pretty. It's a it's like a C minus movie. <laughs> but um, but being rating the quality of the movie and the entertainment value of the movie, I think are two distinct factors. Though I would agree. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So the entertainment yeah. value of the of the movie may be high, but the quality can still be low. And I think that's what maybe saying, "Oh, this movie is great." Might not be the best. Maybe it's man. This movie is, you know, entertaining. What it is? I just really like this movie. That's what it is. And it I is, just it really is like. Okay that's, to yeah, you. yeah. And so, like, uh, that's so that's why I I can totally get on board with what you're saying about Tenet, like about it not holding up to like, uh, like measurable, like objective kind of like, yeah. These are these are objective things that like good films have, and this doesn't have that. But like from an entertainment standpoint, I feel like that's way less objective right no totally and, and, and well yeah i mean i can't i can't argue that there is a subjective element to watching movies because right yeah, like, obvi obviously yeah. there is yeah, part, part of me though is like like if if you didn't get um i don't know fucking like interstellar to name another christopher nolan yeah. movie um there's a lot of constantly changing visual effects in there 
to give you something to like get through it on, you know, like, mm. like you can just get to the black hole scene and be like, wow, how the fuck did they make this? Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah. Then like yeah. five minutes later, you'll be in a different scene with a different visual effect. And you'll be like, how the fuck did they do this? And it's going to be cool. It's going to be a ride and you're going to be along for it. Um, even if the plot doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Oh, it's not even that. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. No, it's a, it's a one trick pony. The one effect that mm. it has is played throughout the entire film. And again, it's played very well. Yeah, but it's but the like, one effect this movie has. Yeah, it's, I see. Okay, yeah, because it's supposed to have a plot you care about, and yeah, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so neither the plot nor the effects alone are enough to carry the. I well, see. and okay. that's what I that's what I mentioned about time because it might have been different if this movie was an hour and a half, and there wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. so much for you to get weighed down in because at some point, yeah, like every movie, no matter how much you love it. Every movie is going to have a time limit on it for how much you can enjoy it. Like sure, totally. I love yeah, the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. The Godfather's two and a half hours long. If the Godfather was four hours long, would I still yeah. like it? Probably What's not as much. Extra, right? Even if you know, I I love that the the tone of that movie. I love being in that movie. The world of that movie. The writing. The acting. All of it. I'm not sure what an extra hour and a half of that movie would look like. But I bet. So what maybe, maybe add? like 15 minutes more with? movie. Yeah. But right, like, what are right, you adding but, with it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, every movie has every concept, every performance has a time limit on it. When do you hit it? With Tenet, there's two and a half hours to it. I don't think it needed all that. I think I hit my time limit about 45 minutes in. Well, it has to hold you for a little bit longer than 45 minutes. My friend, if you watch it, it will not. I'm curious now. Now I want to watch it and see... But I feel like I've talked about it too much before I watch it. You're right. Two oh, and a half hours. Okay. Two and a half hours, to your point, dude. Like, I, you guys, I really don't watch that many movies. And the reason I don't watch that many movies is because I don't feel like I can commit that amount of time in an evening because, like, I want, like, you know, I want to do things. Dude, two and a half hours, bro. Your point, I, like, that's intimidating in and of itself. Hmm. You know, I'm having to, like, section off, like, a, a portion of my night for that. And, if, and especially hey. if you're. And if you're telling me that it's like, eh, damn, I'm probably not going to even watch it. Hey, man, I, I get it. You know, like, one of, one of my favorite movies of all time I, I, is uh, Fanny and Alexander, um, made by uh, Ingmar Bergman, um, the legendary filmmaker. Mm. Ingmar yeah, Bergman. yeah, yeah. I love Fanny and Alexander. I, 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 it, it, is, it is a perfect movie to me. Um, I've only ever seen it, like, twice. Because... Um, the version of it that I have that I watch is five hours long. It is a very long movie. You can get the shorter version; it's three hours long. But I have the five-hour long version, and I when I tell you I am so okay watching a five-hour long movie because it's this movie. I am I'm happy to do it when I have the five hours to spend. How do but, you cut two hours out of a movie? Oh, you do still have it make sense. Would still have it make sense. I mean, still like first cut, dude. The first cuts of movies are always longer, and they only like the original, the you know, quote unquote original first cut of The Wolf of Wall Street's eight hours long. Why do you think? Why do you think directors' cuts are always longer than theatrical releases? Oh no! Oh, I totally get that, but the directors' releases like hardly ever twice as long. I, I was just commenting on like the amount, the the percentage by which the full length is versus. You know what I mean? 
Right. Like I'm, I mean, like if the if the full movie is five hours long and you watch the three hour long one, like you fucking must have missed a shitload of stuff. Like, how do you even still follow the movie? Cut out fucking half of the film, or you know. Uh, oh well, it's 40, easy. It's 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 not a Michael Bay of- movie, and so there's 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 more to, <laughs> to absorb with it. <laughs> uh. That was the last film that that guy made, dude. Yeah, it's and it's fucking perfect. God, I fucking love this movie. So, what's it? I you know, dude, what's it about? It's about these two fucking Swedish kids, man. And what do they do? They have a really weird life. It is. It is five hours. Oh, again, I probably I might I might be misremembering it. It might be four and a half, but it is some extended period of hours. Worth a lot of, of yeah. these two kids just like doing their thing and interesting. living mm. their life in all of its woes. Okay. It's a long fucking movie, and 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 it is. Oh, How many explosions are there? How many explosions are there? How many times do they blow up cars? How many car chases? Are How there? many tits are there? Uh, half. Gunfights. Machine guns. Yeah. Bazookas. Dude, I'm all about machine guns, car chases, explosions, and how many Lamborghinis like, are in this movie? Hot girls, yeah, just like fucking uh, the Rock in the movie. He should be. The Rock should be. Yeah, in he, Fanny and Alexandra. Yeah, he's a he's a bodybuilding uh, tough guy cop who who's uh, visiting Sweden. Uh, his partner's Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's his partner, <laughs> yeah. um, and they're uh, they go by Big and Tall. What uh, Big and Tall? Yeah, that's what they. Yeah, they they, they uh, that's what they go by. And let me guess, Kevin Hart's character is going to be a little feisty, um, and he's going to be a little loud. And yeah, he's gonna, and he's the he's going to be the troublemaker. Uh huh. Yep, one hundred percent. Okay, right. And, uh, and the Rock is going to be a little bit more steady. He's going to get them out of a lot of situations with his strength and his and his cool head, his, his cool, cool thinking. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep, you got it. Yep. Big and tall in theaters, summer 2021. <laughs> How many? Movies? My point being, hold on, hold on. I want to I bring this back in. I want to I bring this back in, okay? Because my point here was Fanny yeah, and Alexander right. is five hours long. And I yeah. will watch that and be happy and live in a cra- world that is crafted mm. to be five hours long that does not overstay yeah. its welcome over the course of that duration. By the same token, another mm. one of my favorite movies, oh, another, t- another t- Ingmar t- Bergman film. That huh? five hour, that five, that gets not like a visual, like flying through time. Like it's not a, one of those movies. No, no, it's a slice of life okay. movie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. By the same token, one of my other favorite movies, another Ingmar Bergman film, Autumn Sonata. Which I we did actually watch on the podcast. So if anyone feels like listening to us talk about Autumn Sonata, check that shit out. I love that goddamn movie. Um, it's like an hour and forty minutes. It, it's made by the same guy. It's like an hour and forty minutes, and it also is a perfectly timed film. It does not overstay its welcome, and I it arcs exactly where you'd want it to. It hits the points you would exactly want it to. It resonates emotionally exactly how you'd want it to. And it does not overstay its welcome. And it, mm-hmm. and what my point with that is, is that this same guy 
made a 140-minute film that accomplished the things it needed to accomplish at an appropriate pace that meant something and resonated, and also made a 312-minute film, Fanny and Alexander, that also did that. And it goes to show that there is having the ideal and the presence of mind of what it takes to tell your story is going to impact on how I'm viewing it. Because if I get to our, if I get to our two, if we're being honest here, and I'm not feeling it, this is a waste of fucking time. Yeah. If, if, if well, I, should, if I don't care. Yeah. What, what, what are we doing? You have well, two you hours to convince me this is going to be good. And I'm you here for the first look two down hours. Down at your watch during the movie and go like, well, "When is this over?" Right. If, if at I did, any point, which I did, forty-five minutes into Tenet. If any, if at any point during the film, right, you, you like the audience looks down at their watch and goes like, "Yeah, and how much of this do we have left?" Like you failed at bringing them into your world and immersing them in your story, right? Right. Hmm. And that's an intricate thing to do with the story. What, what is it that keeps you engaged? Because it has to be part story, has to be part visual, has to be part world creating. I think that's kind of one of the other points that we're trying to get to is what is it that's bringing, what is it that keeps us uh, engaged in the plot of a movie? Specifically, what makes you want to care about the characters? What makes you want to care about what's going to happen next? Well, I think the beautiful thing about it is that it, I mean, there isn't a, like, it's a, it's a, it's a balance of all of those things, right? Which, I mean, I think what we've kind of touched on and kind of danced around this whole time is that, like, if any of those aspects are kind of out of balance, right, that can make for a, a bad film, right? Or, or a, it could prevent a film from, like, being its best um but like the idea that there's multiple different right like depending on the story you're trying to tell right you're gonna have to have a different balance of you know visual effects versus narrative you know writing versus kind of you know all of the different kind of things that come into come into play here but I would contend, yeah, because because you're right, Matt. Like, you know, no one's going into Autumn Sonata saying, "Where's the visual effects?" Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's much the same way that no one's going into Armageddon saying, "Where's the character development?" Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. The thing, the thing that I think though matters so incredibly much, and it matters for every movie universally, is the idea of time. You, you have a set number of frames seconds and minutes to get your point across whether that point is uh where the fuck is the is the uh is the the groom of the wedding and hangover and you're going to spend time trying to cram every joke you can into that i don't know two hour long film where the question about time is how do we fit every joke possible into this movie while also making progress towards the mystery and end goal of the film, uh, much the same way you're going to have questions uh, about time going into Tenet, which is how do I tell the story with all the plot points I need to hit and for, in order for this to make intuitive and logical sense while also uh, uh, approaching the correct conclusion um, in a reasonable amount of time. And it's just a question of whether or not it does that. Like, if, if, if Hangover... And I forget how long it is. I'm not going to look it up. I don't care. No, if it was if it 30 was... minutes shorter, you would have a problem with it. 
if it was 30 minutes shorter, it wouldn't be as good of a movie because it needed 30 more minutes worth of jokes. Yeah. Yeah. If if you lost 30 minutes, you might lose the Mike Tyson uh, Tiger s- s- uh, stuff. Yep. That's like one yep. of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. At the same time, if the hangover is 30 minutes longer, it might have too many jokes. Some of those jokes might suck or they might just not be making enough progress to get to the end of the movie. Yeah. Like that. that's an example of that movie doing timing super well. And that's not even getting to the timing of individual scenes and sitting in moments versus moving on from them. And, you, know, you know, we're just talking shit. about the movie as a, as a whole. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. it's... I, to draw a parallel with music, I mean, I think it's a little bit similar. I mean, if you have a, you know, a great, you know, three minute long pop song, then go through the, the, the chorus 50 more times and drag the song out to, you know, it's now eight minutes long. Well, that three minute long pop song is now no longer that great. Like, it's just yeah, uh, it's eight, yeah, now yeah. I've got to sit through it all. Like, uh, are we done with this yet? Like, we were missing the mark right. at the same time, though, if I've got you know, kind of a 12 minute long jam that kind of goes off and explores a lot of different things. If I try to cut that down to a three minute long thing, I might lose what I'm trying to convey with the song, right? I kind of need to take it all these, but I need that extra time. Um, but knowing I'm making when, an argument for fish, fish is bad. No, but no, but kind of like, <laughs> but no, but like knowing uh, contextually when it's appropriate to do either, right? Is, is necessary right like what you're saying like i mean like they had the hangover right if they you know they they could have tried to they could have made that movie three hours long i'm sure they shot enough i'm sure they wrote enough jokes to to add to add more to the movie um but to your point then it would it would dilute down you would lose the you know the essence of the movie you know it's another movie that does that really well super bad mm-hmm. super bad is so well timed and now that and I oh, didn't really think yeah. about it un- until you you put um, until you put the hangover in those uh, within that kind of frame of context of how long and how it moves the story moves from place to place. Slice of life was the other phrase that you used that made me think of super bad. It's like the perfect amount of time. It's like you know after school or during school and then after school and then they're at the party and and then they're moving and it's also kind of like a movie that's all over the place. At the same time, everything still still feels pretty connected, and it also creates that engagement with every character. Like you, you, you feel like Jonah Hill's character. You just want to smack him upside the head because he's such an asshole. Hour and fifty three minutes is what it says for Superbad. For Superbad, yeah, yeah, and that's and you know, I think two hours is a good sweet spot for movies, man. And and the other thing that the Superbad does so well, in addition to being just so well written, um. In, in its playing with time, or at least how, how how it uses time, it does a great job of presenting you a story that mostly takes place in one day and allowing there to be a progression throughout that day where you see it from morning to night without you going like, wait, how much time just passed? Yeah. Because that's another big part of films that I think it's overlooked is like, if it's in the middle of the day in one scene and then a scene later, it is pitch black outside. Where did those like six hours go? Um, it's not always clear. You, you, yeah, right. Without, and Superbad yeah. does such a great job of working you through the day and having yeah. these events that obviously are not real time because it is a two-hour-long movie and not a twelve-hour yeah, movie. Yeah, but it, but it, you just kind of naturally get through the school day, through the afternoon, to on their adventure with to the party. party. Yeah. yeah. And it just kind While of also flows. fitting yeah. in all of their jokes. And, and yeah. again, it would be a much worse movie if they didn't 
do the timing of these events correctly or just time out how much of this film yeah. is going to be devoted towards this day towards each event it loses some you're going to lose context for where we are in our day while this is happening one way or the other kind of like you know, you're saying if, if they cut time out you'd kind of rush ahead to the end and go like well i don't really understand how we got here maybe we missed something we kind of rushed through this and if you add too much it's kind of by the time you get to the end it's like well i don't even care anymore i wanted this to be over 30 minutes ago and through right. all of that good timing they're able to squeeze in a lot of good character development even yeah. though you see the same even even though you only see them for what seems to be one day yeah uh, and so this is, and that's all the other stuff like, that we haven't even really talked about this whole time outside of just timing yeah, right is yeah. the stuff that has to happen in all of that time yeah right like the 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 actual growth that you see yeah. of the three friends yeah. who are in a transition part of their life i feel like there's a certain amount of identification that people can have with being in that portion of their life i think that's kind of what makes it more appealing and more engaging from a, like a, a character growth perspective right and i i think that's why super bad has a has that warmer feeling that the hangover doesn't have not to the hangover's detriment it's just it it's a different type of movie because with the hangover yeah. it is feeding off of a little bit of nostalgia for the viewer you know like hey remember when you were in high school and you did stupid shit um, around whereas they, oh sorry sorry you're right super bad did that whereas the hangover it gives you a bit of character development at the very end when Stu says go fuck yourself to his fiance or whatever yeah. um just to kind of put some character development in there for you to get that emotionally satisfying win but it, it wasn't what the movie was about it didn't wasn't living or dying based on that it was there for you no. yeah. um whereas super bad it's living or dying based on that in the best way mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that where the the line is drawn between for you, Josh? Maybe Super Bad being a good movie, or a, Super Bad being a great movie, and The Hangover being a good movie, is because of that different um, character development. Probably. Um, Cor, Cor and I talk about this all the time about how different movies have their own, different genres have their own scales. And we give everything at the end of our discussion a star rating out of five. But with the understanding that, you know, different genres are going to have different peaks and valleys. A really, really good horror movie might still only be a four out of five star movie because just because it excels in the genre and looks better by comparison, there's still mm -hmm. moments that it, it lacks that would make it an, a genuinely good overall film from uh from like a film perspective instead of just a horror genre perspective there's no five out um, of five horror films for you uh there are probably a couple but i can't offhand think of what they are don't like the original halloween original halloween's great um original exorcist is great uh the original um fucking goddamn what is it uh evil dead is great um, there's a lot. I just can't think I haven't of them seen that offhand. Um, the remake of Evil Dead is also great. But and the same thing I think goes for comedies. Like if if we're judging The Hangover based on comedy films, it's a great fucking comedy film. If we're judging yeah. it on the back of you know movies, generally speaking, it's still yeah, a that's really gonna, good movie. That it's still a really good movie. To a uh, doesn't so stand up to like The Godfather. The, yeah, like if yeah. We're, we're if we're comparing The Hangover to to Superbad, which are both within the comedy genre, Superbad's probably right. like a half a point above uh, Hangover for me. You know, yeah. 
But if we're talking about because that's where we're comparing them, we're comparing it to super bad. Sure. We're comparing yeah. it to it would be hangover to sequels. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's we're not comparing even it to all of movie history. We're comparing it to some much better movies. Well, so the thing is, though, like it, it, at that point, though, you get into a question of like, well, how the scale, right, is only is like how useful is that scale? Like, if you're comparing, like, well, how much, how much better is The Godfather than Hangover? Like, is that even a useful comparison measurement to even make? Like, let's say you could measure that, right? What would that tell you? Like, about like that doesn't give you any kind of valuable information about the film or about either film, right? Like, because they're so different, right? Like, like so. <clears throat> Comparing the Hangover to Superbad because they're more similar, right? Like that comparison, you can derive something from that, right? Right. I like I, it, I think general star ratings have their their merit. We use them in the show, but we also often give these types of caveats when we have films that have different genre scales. And like we just talked about this um 1960s French horror film, um, Eyes Without a Face, that we we both enjoyed. Um and we, I think we ended up giving it two different ratings, one based on horror, one based on typical movie goodness, yeah. because it, it operates in a genre. And that is very different than operating in a more general movie sphere, your more typical, like, you know, drama, romance kind of genre. Well, so I think, I think horror films are, and to some, to some respect, comedy films as well, are unique in that, like, they set out to kind of achieve like they're the before you even watch the movie, know what it's about, know who who's in it, the plot in like that, you know that the aim of the movie is to frighten you, is to scare you or make you laugh or make you laugh. Right. If we're talking about a comedy. Right. If you're talking about like a drama or an action film or something like, yes, there are some similar motifs. Right. And some similar feeling. Right? But it's not always immediate. Like what emotion what you know what reaction the director was after um and so like because of that genres like you know comedy and horror you can easily compare comedy to other comedy and horror to other horror because they're all in one sense or another trying to achieve that same uh same emotion right or that same uh reaction yeah, no, I, 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 I totally like if if there's no emotional development in a horror film or a comedy film, that's OK. That's not the primary objective of those movies. Yes, I don't need yeah. the horror movie victim to grow necessarily. And I don't need anybody to learn anything in, in a comedy film necessarily in order for yeah. those films to be good for me. Um, sure. Yeah. But if we're talking about generally speaking if i want to see those things yeah generally speaking i want to see those things so yeah. again if we're comparing it to citizen kane it's going to be a different scale but i'm never going to walk away from a horror movie that doesn't have growth in it and say that was bad unless it failed to do the thing that horror movies are supposed to do which is scare me or the thing yeah. that comedy movies are supposed to do which is make me laugh yeah. uh, a comedy movie that doesn't make you laugh but has good character development isn't a good movie no then the movie didn't do what it was setting out to do. Mm -hmm. Didn't make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to watch someone not be funny and and grow in what was supposed to be a comedy film. It's oh, just going to be disorienting. Is there, a five, yeah, yeah. is there a five out of five comedy film that you can name off the top of your head? Oh man, I'm 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 no good with off the top of my head stuff. 
I would say there's probably there's so probably bad. a higher there's probably a higher percentage of five out of five. Com- I'm gonna I'm just going off the top of my head here, just kind of shooting from the hip. Uh, duck soup. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna that that comedy is a wider net than hard like the idea like things that people fu- there are more things I think that people find funny and there's more to do with that from like a narrative perspective mm. than there is to do with scare people and you know what I mean from like a a storytelling perspective right like if you're if you're trying to tell a scary story right like there there's certain Uh, it's, I don't want to say that there's like hard fast rules because that's that down speaking the absolutes. But, there's but a, like, dude, there's a shit ton of horror films though, man. <laughs> like, I understand that you might understand you might understand that comedy films can take more roots. Like, there's more free play with how the story can go. There's more situations that are available to be used because with a horror film, it it has to scare you. So. Yeah, you know, it, you know yeah. It, it can't take place in, you know, a nice park on a sunny afternoon. Yeah, but I don't. Well, I mean, like that's the, it could. I mean, like I mean, maybe you could, maybe you could creative and write a story that that scares you. That I, I don't know. So like, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but like I, the. Like the variety, right? Okay. Like of comedy, I think lends itself to more stories, right? And like that would just allow for uh more. so so first, I guess, do you think there are more comedies or more horror movies out there? Uh well so like when you say out there, like ever, ever made, or like, are there more horror films this year coming out than comedy films this year? Either, I guess. Well, I guess both. Either, I'm not sure. Of like, I'm all, not really sure what I'm asking. Because like, I, all I, right answer is is comedy. Uh, right, that, the yeah, right, right answer is comedy. comedy and yeah. so what I'm gonna say is, right, let's say you've got you know uh, like ten comedies for every one horror film, and the odds of a good film being a comedy versus a horror are ten to one, right? Is yeah. it that? But is it ten? To, but is it ten to one though? But I, strictly from like I, I don't I don't know I don't know all of the movies, Mitch. I haven't seen all of them, so I'm just what? I'm just talking strictly from a numbers perspective, right? If we assume that numbers are not numbers, if we assume that movies, right, that like that all of them are, I don't know, right? Like, it's, well, there's definitely <laughs> yeah. There's definitely more comedy movies of all time. Yeah, and so like, I was yeah. just trying to make the argument that because I think there's more comedies, then there's probably also more five out of five more good comedies than there are good or, or more great movies that you would that are comedies than there are great movies that are horror movies. Right. Okay. I would right. I would agree, yeah. but for a different reason. I think um, right. more people want to laugh than want to be scared, and that movie. It's a, production okay. companies probably would like to fund what more people want and so you're just going to get mm. more big budget comedy films than you're going to get big budget horror films in any so, given period of time and those will be I think, made. I think we're saying the same thing from two different sides i think the reason yeah. that there are more comedies than horrors right is because what you just said is that now, I'll, I'm, yeah. I'm actually also going to disagree because i think more people think that they're funny than people think that they're scary 
think uh, you're going to get a lot of independent comedy films because the people making them think they're fucking hilarious more so than you're going to get independent horror films oh, because oh, people yeah, think yeah, that they're super yeah. duper scary. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I was, so I was going to try to come up with an argument of like you, like there's stand-up comedians, right? People, there's there's a ton of comedians, like how, like there's uh, yeah, a ton a of them, of right? Guys. Um, how many people make their living off of scaring people? You name exactly. one, name one person who makes their living off of scaring people. Oh no, like, I can't name a oh, single person. Uh, um, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I was gonna make a political thing, but like I thought, like ah, oh, we've, we've gone so far, but okay. Um. But like that's a really good point. It's a very like, you know, uh, niche like, you know. I hate I hate being scared. I am the reason why. Now, so I am that kind of person. I would much rather watch a comedy than a horror film, personally. I don't know so, how you guys feel? So I I I don't like horror films. I love thrillers yeah thrillers are different than and, horror. and so like i it took me a long time to understand like the, like i just like was like ah they're, just, they're all scary movies like whatever and then i'm like i'm like well no i actually kind of like some of these and they're all like the uh silence of the lambs fucking love silence of the lambs yeah. um not a big texas chainsaw massacre fan like, no i'm not terribly you know I mean? a big no I'm, um, i can do without that it's a great movie um, even the original, though, so the, origi the, the original one original. actually is the original one actually is well because the way that one it, was filmed is nuts. Well, and it's also like they don't. There's not a whole lot of like it's not there's not a whole lot of gore like in the first one. Like there's a there's the scene right. Am I thinking right? The, there's the first one like is the scene where like he like comes out of the like the front door with the yes. with the uh, a hammer right with a uh, he doesn't even have a chainsaw. It's a it's a not yet. Yeah, he's, a lot of that movie was with the hammer. The hammer, right? Um, and like, I don't even think. I think a lot of the deaths happen like off screen. Like, you don't see like him like cutting people up with chainsaws and shit like that. Um, and so, like, that rough. in that respect, I mean, that's that's kind of. I mean, it's a horror movie, but like, it's also got some thrillery kind of where it's not like you know showing you the gore and the violence. It's just kind of like. Alluding making you think about it yeah. yeah um rob zombie did the remake of the texas chainsaw massacre correct yeah, rob I, zombie's I, a fucking fraud. i think so and like so that remake I, i've seen it and like it's like the epitome of what i like i don't like in a horror movie like just like yeah, that kind of over the top like he dude but rob zombie has a fucking audience dude. oh totally because like that's the, the dude, that's like a that is that that audience does exist sure i mean there. And and I and like it's it's I think it's a similar thing kind of like kind of like how people like Michael Bay movies, right? Where they just like fucking car fast like car chases and explosions and shit like that. Like, you know, it, it I think seeing Stop trying to normalize Michael Bay. Stop. No, 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 but okay, stop fine. it. I all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay I, with so you like, I think Michael that Bay. I think like the slasher, right? The kind of over the top gory for the sake of being gory um i don't know it like elicits a kind of like a uh, raw it's it like you don't see you don't see that kind of stuff outside of uh you know horror movies like yeah, yeah. typically right you and i right the, the 99 percent of the world don't typically see people being dismembered by chainsaws 
Um, Thanks. Thank you think God. 1% of the population these people yeah. get dismembered by chainsaws? That's a lot of people, Matt. <laughs> that is a lot of people. Hey, man, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I haven't read up on my... Matt, um, Matt thinks that 3 million people a year see people get dismembered by chainsaws on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> every year yeah every year yeah i'm, I'm still yeah, yeah yeah i thought about i'm sticking by my numbers i'm sticking by it. three million people sure yeah fine uh whatever um you conducted a survey to yeah i asked them all ask them all and really matt matt gets them all into a room and then dismembers the guy with the chainsaw and then that's how he keeps this number up it's a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. oh yeah all three yeah. million people saw the same one person get dismembered it's like I've you invite them all to like a big huge arena, and it's like a, um a three million people. What were we even talking about? Oh, but so like the fact you don't like people don't see that kind of stuff, and so like to be able to like kind of sort of experience it in like a right. safe environment, right? In a in a movie, right? Is like uh, did you like the Saw movies? No, 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 Josh. Uh, first one's good. Yeah, I like the first one. Yeah, and then the second one was. So yeah. I didn't see the first one. Yeah. I saw like first one was actually third, a good movie. I saw like the third, the fourth, and the fifth one, and they were and they all just got increasingly ridiculous and gory, and was like, "This isn't." I don't like watching and the these. first one. Is is pretty gross. Like, and I have um, a low tolerance for that shit. So, uh, but so like I but like there's a story behind. So yeah, it's the thing. Like, I don't have a like if they're kind of like what we were talking. We've been talking about this whole time, right? If like the if if showing that right if showing like something gross and like kind of like really whatever gets me to feel a certain way and in feeling that way that like adds to my experience of the story of the film right as a whole like yeah that's a like that's good right that's a good horror movie like i i probably w wouldn't seek that movie i like i'm not gonna throw that on like now when we're done recording but like you know if i happen to be watching it whatever fine but like the idea of like, there's a lot of movies out there that that like are just like, um, uh, what it's 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 like like uh, like um. There's a word for it where like they just they're just like like gory for the sake of being gory. Like there's a there's a word for it. Like, um. Like just for like shock value, just for like, you know what I mean. Like there's a there's a better word for it. I, I I'm drawing a blank on it. Yeah, I can't, um, I, I kind of get what you're getting at. Though. But like I don't know. Like I'm I'm not a fan of that. Like because I also am like I'm like I don't like being scared. Like I don't you know. But like if if being scared adds to my experience of the movie, and like at the end of the movie I'm like whoa, like whoo, that was a you know. Then like that can sometimes be enjoyable. If like I'm just sitting here watching someone like. Get all like cut up or like eaten alive or something but just for the sake of it being gross like and it doesn't really add to my experience at all then like i'm not having a good time <laughs> you know i thought i really really agree because like silence of the lambs right it's like a, it, like there are times in that movie where like it they it it aims to scare you or makes you try to at least aims to try to make you feel you know unsettled right um uncomfortable in doing that right your experience of the movie and of the story right is like it's, in, it's is enhanced. enhanced yeah and so it's good sure. if a movie makes you feel unsettled and uncomfortable but like that doesn't add to your experience in any way shape or form then like that's a bad movie <laughs>
All right, guys. We've been uh, we've been going for a while. Uh, do we feel as though we're at a good point to kind of rein things in and wrap up, or do we have more thoughts we'd like to get through? Well, just real quick, I want to ask our viewers. You know, just write in to, and let us know your favorite Michael Bay film. Um, <laughs> we're. Uh... I would like to put on the record, by the way, that Michael Bay is currently directing or as announced is directing of a film called Robopocalypse. That's the guy you're defending. The Robopocalypse oh, guy. So hold on. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen in Robopocalypse, Ro Robopocalypse right? There's going to be, uh, uh, I don't know who, I don't know who, who's going to be starring in it. Maybe, uh, just, I don't know. Pick, pick some like good looking, like just what? generic at like, can't not Steve Buscemi. No, 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 no. Hey, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to, he's going to be like from a small town, right? And like robots are going to uh, rise up from the city. They're gonna start, on a farm. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to start killing people in the city. And then there's going to be some attractive girl who like goes to his high school and like doesn't want anything to do Oprah with him. Winfrey. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey is going to be Steve Buscemi's high school classmate. And like, then. Because uh, they're both playing high schoolers in this movie. Yeah. And like, so <laughs> what happens is they both get detention because of like, I don't know, something in math class happens, right? They're in detention. That's when like the robots reach their town. And then Oprah Winfrey and Steve Buscemi break out of high school detention and then <laughs> fight off these robots. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Love it. That's right. I, I can't wait. There's going to be lots of explosions. There's going to be like two or three car chases. Uh, somebody attractive is going to have the female lead um, and want to do absolutely nothing noteworthy after this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, all, all, all the usual stuff. I'll wait till it's on DVD. Yeah, all the usual stuff. Oh, because you're gonna want to watch it more than once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his DVD player. Yeah, I totally understand it. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till it's on tape on VHS. Yeah, yeah. get the fuck that. I'm waiting for Betamax. Get the, get the Betamax. Yeah, and so I can watch my Betamax copy of Armageddon right after that. Yeah. So are you serious? So actually, though, are you are you a Deep Impact guy? You're not an Armageddon Armageddon guy, Josh. I'm I'm not confident I even remember seeing Deep Impact. It's the other it's the they both came out that year. They literally I think one came out in like May and one came out in like July. They're both about the same thing. They're both about a, a big meteor that's coming to, to to destroy Earth. I think Deep Impact has Morgan Freeman in it. It has Robert Duvall, Tia Leone, and Elijah Wood. I'm not sure you've seen this. Oh yeah, Morgan Freeman is in this. I think Morgan Freeman's the president. Yeah. 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 yeah like I, I'm going to go on record and saying I don't give a shit about this either. Oh, man. It's, it's, <laughs> well, so it's, well, because you know why? It's the, it's not as good. There's not as many explosions. No, Matt, neither there's of them are good. Many, there's not as many arrows. Neither of trapped. them. There's not, there's not as many, uh, there's not as many of Steven Tyler's offspring. Uh, and there's not as many Bruce Willis's in it either. We're getting out of here. If you want to follow the show, on Twitter, you can do so at YCBSPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at YCBSPod at gmail.com. Let us know why Michael Bay's the worst. And uh, let me know if you've also ever seen Fanny and Alexander. I want to be friends with you. Um, 
And uh, I guess that's it for this week. So until until next Friday, uh, y'all have a good one. Take it easy, everybody.